Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Talking CFD with Robin Knowles. It's kind of like my show, but for CFD nerds, prepare to ignite. Hello, hello. Welcome along to another episode of Talking CFD, the podcast that's more about growing a business than growing a boundary layer. So, picture the scene. Someone sent you a mesh to use in a project. It might be one that you picked up from a coworker or from a client, but do you, A, run it as it is, or B, tinker with it just a little bit to make it yours? I am firmly in the B camp. Just I don't know why. You've just got to change it a little bit just to make it, make it mine. However, there's a third option, a C, and that's what today's guest took. Um, I've never been faced with a mesh that's made me think, do you know what? I'm going to write my own mesh to sort this out. Today, I'm talking to Franjo Juratic, co-founder of Creative Fields, the company behind CF Mesh. Welcome to the show, Franjo. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for introducing me. Before I go any further, and before I ask you to give us a bit of background about CF Mesh and Creative Fields, I wondered how I did with your name. You were very, very close. At least I was not juretic. <laughs> juretic. So, Franjo, if you could give us a bit of background as to what Creative Fields is, um, how how did you start, that sort of thing, and, and then we'll, we'll go on to talk about CF Mesh, I guess. Well, Creative Fields, we're an SME, we were founded in February 2014. So it was started by me and a conf- my partner, Mario Baburic. Basically, the whole idea started about I was developing CF Mesh for a long time in my spare time. And it kind of grew, grew, grew over time. And we said, okay, well, let's, let's offer it to the world. Let's say, okay, we can start a company. We can then start offering services based on meshing and pre-processing. And why 2014? Basically, that year, Open Phone Workshop was in Zagreb and also another important conference called the International Meshing Roundtable was held in London. So I said, well, that's a good opportunity. These conferences are important for promoting the company and they're closed. So let's start. So, wow, you were creating a, uh, a CFD measure in your spare time. Um, that sounds a, a, a fair task to undertake in your spare time. Can you give us a bit of background as to what CF Mesh actually is or kind of what it started out as and, and what it is now? Well, basically, I've started working on CF Mesh at the end of my PhD. And uh, I worked on mainly on error estimation and mesh adaptation. And then I realized, hey, I have a huge problem, basically. I can now run adaptive simulations, but I can't start. I don't have a measure to be able to run on any kind of complex geometries. So at that time, basically open source measures, something that was available to me, were very limited and mainly only existed on four tetrahedral meshes. When are we talking about? Is this back in kind of early 2000s? Yeah, beginning of 2000, let's say 2004, end of 2004, beginning of 2005. So at that time, then, especially for open form, there was nothing available except block mesh. Uh-huh. So then I decided, okay, now I have a implementation of a triangulated surface in open form. So let's start playing with various meshing algorithms to see how it can build up into a meshing tool that I can use then for generating meshes for open form. Sorry, was that the focus of your PhD? 
The focus of my PhD was mainly on uh, error estimation and mesh adaptation. And I did a part on polyhedral meshing, you know, this arbitrary polyhedral. So then, basically, I said, okay, I'd like to extend this work to be able to work on arbitrary geometries. And then, I, initially, when I started, I thought, okay, that's going to be two or three months of work, you know. What the hell can be so difficult in <laughs> generating a few polyhedros and making them fit the boundary, right? And then, Easy. I yes, a piece of cake. So I started. Then I've noticed, okay, with this methodology, there was there was some problems. So I decided, okay, it makes sense to work on a library, on a set of tools that people can then use later on to develop their own meshing workflows. So that was basically the main idea of CF Mesh. Not really to have a mesher as is that can do whatever you you say to do. No, it's not it's not that easy. Basically all meshing tasks are specific and you have various kinds of geometries where various kinds of algorithms can play a different role. So therefore, it makes it easier to have something that's flexible that you can then add and plug in extra algorithms and develop your own meshing workflows rather than have, a, let's say, a monolithic code that kind of can do everything. So that was the idea behind CF Mesh, and that's how it started. And is that still the case now? It's a uh, that's still the the way that that CF Mesh works. It provides uh, building blocks that you can put together to make a workflow. Well, that yes, I still try to do it every day. So basically, think about what kind of algorithms do we need to make CF Mesh usable for some classes of problems that it's not possible to use today. Does that suggest that it? you have a particular user in mind or is, is there somebody that this is for in particular? Well, this is really where our business model is. So for example, we have people who request certain features for their specific purposes. So then for them, we develop the algorithms they need to, to mesh their geometries as quickly as possible and with the least amount of manual work. So that's the idea behind this. For people who are familiar with OpenFoam now, we've obviously got Snappy Hex Mesh as part of the OpenFoam release. Yes. And there's obviously various flavors of Snappy Hex Mesh these days. But uh, to say we'll just talk about Snappy Hex Mesh is one thing. Um, this obviously predates Snappy Hex Mesh. How do, how do the two things relate? What's the relation of CF Mesh to OpenFoam? Well, basically, I was uh, I was an OpenFoam user, so CF Mesh is built on OpenFoam. So it uses, for example, OpenFoam classes, OpenFoam I/O infrastructure, and lots of bits and pieces from OpenFoam. Uh -huh. So, so it is basically a library which cannot compile without OpenFoam, and it builds meshes for OpenFoam. So it's basically more or less an open form measure. Right. And that's the class of user that you're targeting, or is it because arguably open snappy hex mesh isn't perhaps the easiest measure to use. Would you say you are targeting the same kind of user or is CF mesh a bit easier to use? Well, basically when I started with CF mesh, 
A few months after, I've heard about efforts on on Snappy Hex Mesh, and then basically when they when we presented Snappy Hex Mesh, I've noticed that it's it's kind of like a different approach. It's an okay. approach where you really focus on a on a on a code, which is as is, and. Uh, my idea was always to to have something flexible, something that people can then reuse, and something they they can develop further for their own meshing needs. So that was then my motive to really keep on developing CF Mesh and continue with with this concept. So one of the first times I came across CF Mesh was when I was looking for something to do snappy hex mesh like meshing, but in two dimensions, which it isn't a great that's not a great fit for for, for snappy x mesh um, and i routinely find myself recommending cf mesh to people who are wanting to do 2d do you see that is that an entry point into cf mesh for people is that because there's not a lot of tools out there that do that sort of almost quad meshing 2d well for example even a lot of our customers actually contact us because they want our 2d measure to be adapted to their needs so for us, it is it is important, and uh, and it was basically developed as a request by one of our important customer. So for example, uh, they had a problem which they can represent quite well with a two D geometry, and uh, for them it's really important to have something that they can mesh their geometries quickly and run as many simulation as they can. So for us, the 2D measures was one of the very important features, and it actually came out as a customer request. So is that how development typically goes? Um, you have customers who um, request particular workflows or you see particular use cases um, from kind of paying customers, and that then filters back into the open source version. Well, basically, we, we've changed our policy over time. So now we put in the open source version and stuff that was either developed and contributed by the community or it was a result of our projects with the customers and they are happy with that we share it with the rest of the world. For example, I like going to listening to what kind of people have problems. And then based on this, kind of align development of CF Mesh such that we can address those issues as soon as possible. So for us, being, let's say, uh, kind of like a market-driven, listening to what people want is something that I consider very, very important. And we really try to address those issues as soon as possible. Do you think that it might be easier to do that as a smaller company? Um, do you think it's easier to connect with, with your customers when you're of a, a smaller size? You can actually, when you're a smaller size, we can build a kind of like a more personal relationship. And that's what, that's what I really like about being in a small company. that You can actually really discuss openly with your customers. You can then build a relationship with them and based on this, solve their problems listening to what kind of problems they have and what they would like to have and then based on on our knowledge suggest them okay this is what we can do in this time or for that we're going to need a lot more development and a lot lot more working hours 
So this kind of relationship where you can build nicely with your customers is something that I consider very, very important. And this is something that it's not always present in big companies where you're just part of the machine that just does a certain part of the work. You also mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about um, getting feedback from the community or in terms of both getting uh, getting ideas and perhaps maybe even in bug fixes and, and things like that from the, from a community. Um, is that an important aspect of of CF Mesh and the uh, the way the product develops? Because uh, we've I don't know if we actually explicitly mentioned it, but CF Mesh is an open source code, isn't it? Yes. I, I'm not sure I've ever really seen a kind of community built around a, a commercial code as such, but you do see them develop around open source codes. And I guess that's what you're referring to. Is it a community around um, this open source project? Yes. So, for example, we had certain bugs in CFMesh reported by the community. And also we have a community of people using CFMesh for various kinds of problems. And based on their feedback, we can understand, okay, these are the problems that these people face. And based on these problems, then we can develop additional algorithms or improve existing algorithms to get better, let's say, better meshing algorithms that can, in the end, solve the problems with such that people spend less time meshing and more time doing analysis. And, and I guess if it's modular as you were describing earlier, you can add in functionality and things without having to necessarily affect anybody else. Yes. So, for example, uh, if someone needs an additional, has additional requirements on, let's say, a 2D measure, so you can simply create your own workflow, add, plug in a few additional algorithms and have your own custom-made measure. So that's the idea of CF Mesh, really. And uh, this is really the main reason that it's designed that way, to really enable people to customize their meshing to their needs. Would that extend as far as customizing it to work with other solvers, or does it, is it always going to be a, an open foam mesher? Basically, using it for other solvers means converting the data into the format that other solvers use. So I don't see it... <laughs> just as, as, as strict that it's just meant for, for open form. So it's, it's really the matter of being able to generate meshes that can be usable with a certain solver. So we've, we've had people using it with, with Fluent, for example. For them, basically, it, it made sense because uh, they could save a lot of time, computational time, compared to running on tetrahedral meshes and also yeah. that could use much less resources for for the same accuracy what we haven't me mentioned so far about cf mesh is that there is so it's a uh, it's a open source code released under the gpl i guess it inherited that from open foam is that right well it's it's inherited from open foam and it was also our intention aha uh -huh. but the bit that we haven't mentioned is cf mesh pro so one of the conundrums facing companies who build open source products is how do you make money from a product that's that's freely available how does cf mesh pro fit into uh, into your business model okay so let's say a few words about open source and making money so for example uh 
for us, CF mesh is mainly uh, kind of like a marketing material. So it's, right. it also creates brand awareness, right? Two years ago, nobody knew about creative fields. We were a startup. We only a few friends of ours knew about us. And today, a lot of people knows about CF mesh. So, and by letting people know that something exists, and if it fits their needs, and if they notice, okay, now I want something more, these are the kind of people that they come to us, and then we do adjustments and customizations of the meshes for them. By that, they can then both uh, contribute to the development of CF mesh for other people, and also solve their meshing problems, because then they can, instead of wasting time on preparing cases, they generate meshes in a few seconds and run simulations most of their time. So that's basically where the value comes in for them. Regarding CF Mesh Pro, well, you know that, for example, for complex geometries, it's it takes time until you prepare all the geometry parts, all your settings in a in a dictionary, and oh, yeah. uh, it can be very, very time-consuming and frustrating. So the idea behind CF Mesh Pro is to develop an interface where you can, for example, import geometries and then also uh, navigate through those geometries easily. So, for example, if I want to know what the patch is, I just click on there and I immediately get the information what patch I'm referring to. Then, for example, if I want to uh, define a cell size at a certain part of the mesh, I can also ask this framework, okay, please tell me what's the value that I've used? How does it compare to the geometry there? So I can really see my cell size immediately on the screen. So to me, basically, it creates an environment where I can set up a meshing job in much less time than if I had to do it through the console. So that's basically what CF Mesh Pro is about. And also, it has enhanced algorithms that are more robust on really complex geometries. So that's basically our commercial offer to the people. They have, they have let's say, some kind of a standard requirements that don't have any specific requirements where some customization of CF mesh could be useful. Oh, so the next level beyond that then is a is a sort of custom version from you guys. Yes, there's still a sort of uh, an element of a kind of consultancy revenue stream as well. Yes. Um, as a small company, how do you view competition in the mar- marketplace? Who who do you think your competitors are? Or do you not pay any attention to them and get on with what you're doing? We always monitor competition. I mean, who doesn't, right? And basically, we do not really focus on who our competitors are. We mainly focus on what we can do better to satisfy the needs of the people that contact us and they work with us. So and we primarily try to be more competitive by listening to the community and trying to develop the features that they need as soon as possible. So for me, uh, I mean, we have a, a budget as we have, so we are a small company. I can't really then say, okay, now 
we can do everything that other competitors do. But what we can do always is do best that we can to satisfy the people that want to use CF Mesh and that want to work for us. And uh, this has been a successful business model for us so far. When you mentioned people being able to uh, to contribute back into the into the code, is that an easy process? Is that is that something that you've found is quite difficult to manage, or how, how do you go about that? The way it works, if if somebody wants to share a piece of code that they've developed based on CF Mesh with us, then they can contact us, and then we can set up them an access to our repository. So the rules there are. We work using GitFlow. So it's kind of an environment where everybody develops new features in a separate branch. So if somebody contributes within a branch, and then they can contact me and say, okay, now I think my feature is ready to be included in CF Mesh. Then it goes through a set of uh, review. And if it passes the review, then we merge it into the main development branch, and then it's available with uh, with the next release. So the idea is really that contact us and say, okay, I have something I want to contribute, and then we can go through the process of review, correct any bits and pieces that we think are not suitable to be released with CF Mesh in the current form, and then merge it together with the rest of the code. So it sounds like you almost actively encourage that, yeah? Well, we try to be open as much as possible. Um, you also have uh, an offering called CF Flow. What's the, what, what is CF Flow? What's the motivation behind that? Well, basically, OpenFoam is a, is a library, right? And you, based on this library, you develop vertical applications, which we call solvers. Now, developing a GUI for OpenFoam is an extremely difficult task. So the idea behind CFLow is to have a, a data model, which you can then use to code OpenFoam solvers, and then based on this data model, also how to show this data model on the screen. So it's, it's our tool for developing vertical applications within a, within a GUI. Is there then a way to deploy those apps out amongst other users? Or is it for somebody to develop something for their own company or for themselves? Or Well, for example, you have companies today, big companies that, for example, want to use open source tools. And OpenFOAM is an interesting option for them. The problem is, basically, if they have a set of solvers that are difficult to use to spread, disseminate the knowledge to those to their employees because these are the engineers who have specific problems they want to solve and they need a simple tool to set up the simulations and get the answers they need for their designs so the idea about uh, cflow is that we together with the experts simulation experts in those companies develop a vertical applications where the engineers can enter a the necessary parameters that are important to be able to generate simulations and uh, extract results. So it's really kind of like, a, let's say, a framework for GUI development based on open form. I really like that idea because from my experience anyway, and I, I, may, I may be wrong, but a lot of companies doing CFD these days are doing a lot 
of the same thing or essentially a lot of very similar runs and they don't need exposure or to be able to expose all the functionality that say open foam could give them they need to be perhaps be able to expose the ability for an engineer to change a geometry part and run the simulation um, without him being able to tinker with all the other buttons and, and widgets and dials that are uh, are available within that whole simulation framework. Um, is that the sort of thing that you could build with CFflow? Yes. So, for example, uh, it's about talking to the people and then understanding, okay, these are, these are the necessary parameters we want to be able to control within the simulation. So, for example, I want to be... A, able to upload my geometry i want to be able to for example change the velocity at the inlet and based on the given parameters you can then come up with a set of defaults and a layout how to present this on the screen to the people and cflow is an environment where you can actually code defaults and also you can code what you want to show to the person using the software so it's it's really the idea to be able to create a custom GUI application for people with little knowledge about simulations and to code all the knowledge underneath the hood. Yeah, so kind of being able to codify your internal IP almost into uh, into an application. That's a relatively new offering from you guys, isn't it? it? It's something we actively work on. We have not marketed it extensively so far because we... We're really validating the approach now, and and we see interest from from the companies in in this kind of offering. Is that a commercial product then? It is a commercial product. We also offer kind of a standard version of CFLow where people can just uh, have a look of how it is to implement a solver, click a few buttons. But we mainly work on developing custom applications to to our customers based on CFLow. Oh, okay. Right. So the more likely um, scenario is that somebody, once they've identified that they have a need for something like that, would come to you. You guys would use CFLow to build them out a, a custom solution and away they go. Yes. All right. Understood. Is meshing always going to be the main focus of the company though, do you think? Well, I've already told you. When I started working on CF Mesh, I thought, Okay, two or three months, I have everything working fine. Was that 13 years ago? Or <laughs> it's been 13 years ago. And I still see a lot of, a lot of challenges in really making meshing robust, uh, simple to use. And so it's, it's going to be an important part of our development and business in the future, for sure. And we also uh, see a lot of potential in this uh, custom development of applications, and we, we also expect a lot, lot potential from from this CFLow offering. But what I also wanted to say regarding uh, meshing, now it is difficult because there's so many bits and pieces that can actually come into play. So, for example. Uh, you need certain quality of the geometry. Then there are holes, overlaps, gaps, cracks. Uh, and uh, it's quite difficult to meet all those problems and resolve them in, a, in an environment that's both easy to use, robust, and generates high-quality meshes. 
So it's it's really a challenging job, and that's what really keeps me personally very very excited working on on these problems. Yeah, it sounds that way. It sounds like it must be quite a uh, it must be quite a good area to be working in where you're probably never really going to solve everything because everything's moving along underneath it where we cfd engineers are uh, greedy guys so when we get more compute power we want more cells and we want more mesh and we want them faster and uh, and all the rest of it that the goalposts are always shifting i imagine yes i mean for example i still remember a colleague of mine working on a on an engine and he basically spent a month and a half working on on his mesh and these days, I mean, you could generate such a mesh in, in an hour or two, but people still have a lot of problems with meshing, just because you mentioned, basically, the problems become more and more difficult, and basically, the bar raises all the time. It's the same with everything, any field. When you reach a certain state status, you want to go higher. And that's also the case with meshing. And... For, for me, it was, for example, very, very important and challenging studying these emerging parallel architectures. So, for example, being able to use all, all the cores in my computers. So all these, all these issues, you know, when you, when you think of them, there's so much work and so, much, so many nice challenges for, for the future, which when they get resolved, I'm sure... The new challenges will come out. And so even in 10 years' time, we'll probably still be talking about, okay, if I had this feature, or this would be better. <laughs> so, But I think it's a very good thing because uh, if there weren't any problems, then we engineers would not be needed in this world. <laughs> Absolutely. So if somebody's listening to this thinking uh, they'd quite like to help you out on their journey to uh, to making it better, how do they? how would they get involved with, uh, with kind of getting hold of the code and having a look and maybe seeing if they can contribute something back maybe they're working on something at a they're doing a phd and they've got some something innovative meshing wise that they they think they would be a good fit for you guys how, how does somebody get involved well for example we have a cf mesh repository at sourceforge so that's a good place to go look for cf mesh then we also have a our facebook twitter's accounts so please subscribe to those and follow us what we do we also have our info emails if you really want to get in touch with us uh, contribute to the code please send us an email contact us and we'll try to assist you as much as we can to to do good work and to come up with something that's useful both for for you and for the whole community that sounds excellent thank you for coming on franjo and uh, sharing some of your uh, experience and some of the vision for for where you want to take uh, take meshing um, i really appreciate you coming on the show thank you for inviting me robin it was a pleasure talking to you Maybe I could interest you in our new sister show. It's called Talking CFD Social. It's a live-streamed CFD-themed chat show with a couple of co-hosts and maybe a guest or two. It's more conversational than the podcast, with real-time interaction in the chat. Subscribe to the show on YouTube by heading over to cfd.com forward slash social. We'll see you there.